Good morning. This is Jeff from the Cyber Pro Podcast, back today with another CEO who's going to tell us a little bit about the atomized networks that we have all living in, the gaps that are coming out of them, and how we can do our best to secure them, because let's be honest, hackers aren't going away. So with that, let's jump in. Martin, good morning. Please good morning. tell us a little Good morning. Tell us a little bit about yourself and so, uh, what you do. I'm, uh, I'm Martin Resch. I am the CEO at Notography. Um, we are building security for the Atomized Network, which we'll talk about. Uh, my background, uh, most people in the cybersecurity industry know me as the uh, original author of the Snort Intrusion Detection and Prevention Engine, uh, an open source project. Uh, I was the founder of the uh, SourceFire um, uh, well, I was the founder of Sourcefire, and uh, we built intrusion detection and prevention systems, as well as next-gen firewalls and uh, a uh, cloud-based uh, EDR platform before we got acquired by Cisco uh, back in 2013. Uh, after the acquisition, I was the chief architect for the security group at Cisco for about six years before I semi-retired for a little bit. And then uh, about a year ago, I jumped back in the seat and uh, started in the position here at Netography. Wonderful. So congratulations on exit number one. We're going to root for you for exit number two. And so in that question number two, from the perspective of being the C-suite CEO, uh, share with us kind of the most fascinating aspect about being in cybersecurity and what you're able to see from that captain's chair that maybe would be of interest to our viewers. Well, cybersecurity is uh, is an incredible field. I, I have always been really glad that I got into it. So my background's in engineering. Uh, I've been in security for six years now. So before Snort, before all that stuff, I spent several years working uh, in the government. And, um, you know, you just see fascinating things all the time. You see, and as you get good at security, um, especially back in the early days, one of the things that uh, I'll tell you the story, um, one of the things that I saw uh, when I was working for the government was I was working on, um, you know, cybersecurity, information security projects back then we called it. And um, one day the uh, the government customer came in. So I wasn't a government employee, I was a contractor. And these guys came in and this is in the mid, mid to late nineties. And these guys were like kings of the internet. They knew how everything worked. They knew the protocols. They knew kind of the deep secrets of how everything kind of knit together. And it was, you know, fascinating. I was like, Ooh, I want to be like one of those guys. Uh, so I started, you know, I really dug in and applied my engineering brain and started building tools, which ultimately resulted in Snort, and here we are, right? Um, but cybersecurity is fascinating because it's this ever-changing field. Um, you know, you're, as a vendor, we're always in this kind of interesting relationship. So it's us and our customers, but it's also the bad guys and this, this uh, kind of triumvirate uh, setup that you only really see in this field where, you know, there's three participants. There's us, there's the guy, the you know, the people who are trying to help secure themselves, and then there's the bad guys. And, you know, all of us have a say in what gets built and how it gets built. And it's kind of fascinating that way because it always evolves so much. Hmm. Uh, evolution, That there's a key word for question number three. So right before we got started with the recording, we talked about how the atomized network has really been evolving the last couple of years due, our, due mainly in part to our friend COVID mm -hmm. and how we are now all over the place on many devices. We still have legacy systems that are on-prem, especially if we work at a big company. We're migrating into the cloud, multiple versions of the cloud. 
And there are more platforms, more edge environments that are coming soon. So as we move into this, not move, as we evolve into this multi-tenant environment and security, zero trust is, you know, our God, how do we put everything together when you're talking about systems and platforms that were never designed to speak to each other, intentionally keep each other out and prevent data from going anywhere. And if we don't have the data, how do we protect it? Yeah, it's it's a uh, it's a big problem, right? Um, so you atomize networks. So we I actually I coined this term um, about a year ago, and uh, I was talking to customers, and I kept hearing multi-cloud, hybrid cloud with on-prem plus mobile and remote workforce. And I heard it so much, I started saying it's like your net networks have atomized, isn't it? They've kind of dispersed. You have these atoms of presence and these atoms of compute kind of scattered all over the place. And I saw on the Zoom calls a lot of heads going up and down, and I started to put the puzzle pieces together. And really, what I saw was you know, essentially, like up until the pandemic hit, we kind of had this very normal process for moving to the cloud. It's like we're going to migrate the data center in Houston to the cloud. Okay, cool. So there's going to be a project manager and there's going to be stakeholders. We're going to do weeklies. We're going to have readouts to the CIO council to make sure all our ducks are in a row. And then when everybody's happy, we've generated enough paperwork, we're going to move this thing to the cloud. Boom, and that happened. And then three years ago, pandemic hits. And what happens? Everybody gets sent home. And then it's like, well, just get your job done. <laughs> so everybody does. Well, how do they do that? Especially the application developers and all these corporations. They just start standing stuff up everywhere, right? Like, um, it's a great CISO quote that I got uh, early this year was, uh, the only thing that keeps me up at night is I've got a thousand developers working from home and they all have credit cards. So, um, you know, that's kind of the world that we're in. So with that being the case, think about the defensive tools that are out there to uh, secure these environments. On-prem, we have a different set of tools. We have appliances and deep packet inspection and things like that. In the cloud, we have pure cloud vendors that don't even think about on-prem. The on-prem guys might think about the cloud or maybe have acquired some cloud technologies and they're trying to weave it all together and maybe doing a better or worse job. But think about it. There's massive gaps between the teams and the technologies. Uh, you know, if you're in Amazon, you're using CloudTrail and uh, GuardDuty. If you're in uh, Azure, you're using Sentinel and Defender. Uh, if you're on-prem, you're using Palo Alto or Cisco or you know something like that. And then trying to tie it all together, maybe with a SIM to figure out what's going on. It's just, it's nuts because the on-prem stuff uh, defines uh, what attacks look like differently than the different cloud providers, which also are different from one another. So having one place to bring it all together and consider this atomized network that we have as one thing, a composite, uh, of all the pieces instead of a bunch of individual pieces that have a bunch of individual technologies protecting them is what we believe is the way things need to go. And, um, you know, that's what we're really working on here at Notography. And it's, um, you know, it, it's coming uh, from where I've come from. I built appliance-based DPI technologies. I built next-generation firewalls. I built intrusion prevention systems. I mean, you know, I used to write, write them in my spare time for fun and profit. Um, literally. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's like, I've kind of seen the world before, and I know it's not particularly suitable to the world that we have now. This atomized network, you know, these are dispersed, ephemeral, encrypted, and diverse environments. And like, you can't go there with appliances, and you can't just think, well, I'm a cloud provider, and I only care about one cloud, or I'm a cloud security provider, and I still only care about cloud-based security instead of you know all the other pieces of the puzzle. So giving people one place to go that describes good and bad one way 
um, that can see across all of it and provide you with, you know, as we say, visibility and control. That's, you know, that's that's the name of the game. Visibility and control. I'm going to quote a CISO that I, I heard recently say that uh, we now live in an environment where uh, we're defending the castle, yet we're dealing with teams of soldiers who don't speak the same language, are using different weapons and tools to defend the castle. And not only can they not communicate with each other, but none of their tools can cross-function with each other's tools. And when you talk about taking all of these components and seeing visibility into it, how do we do that? Where do we go from here? Mm. How do we address the situation when nobody even speaks the same language? Well, okay. Well, that's a big question. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, it's uh it's interesting because it starts off with the right, we believe starts off with the right architecture. So the the old way of doing things, the appliances or you know, uh, cloud services or or whatever, um, the issue that you come into over and over again is the the right architecture. And this is almost like, you know, kind of in, uh, in computer science, there's this these ideas of you know getting the abstractions right so that you build, you know, architect the software system properly. It's kind of that way here too. Um, you know, having cloud defensive technologies that only care about the cloud uh, or that are welded to individual clouds plus on-prem stuff that only cares about on-prem and tries to care about the cloud, but, you know, isn't taking advantage of the APIs, you know, doing cloud appliances instead of, you know, native cloud uh, capabilities. These are all kind of um, piecemeal approaches. And, mm -hmm. uh, and it really doesn't work well unless you consider it you know, I hate to say the word, word holistically, it's kind of a, a cop-out, but unless you consider it as a composite, I guess you can say composite instead of holistically, it's a composite of all these things. And you have to think about it that way and think about, wait a second, like nobody really wants this. One of the issues that we get into with cybersecurity is perpetuating old models of thinking. So for example, one of my favorite whipping uh, boys is um, vulnerability management. So nobody ever said to themselves, hey, you know what I'd really like? I'd like to understand vulnerabilities in my environment, but I would really only like to understand them uh, as they exist in my environment at two o'clock in the morning on Saturdays, because that's when my scans run so they don't disrupt any of my business operations. Nobody, that's not what anybody really wanted. What people wanted was when something shows up on my network and it could be vulnerable to something, I want to know about it in a you know relevant time frame so that I can actually do something about it in a useful time frame. Um, same kind of thing here. Like, if I'm thinking about all these things as separate components, instead of thinking about them as a whole, then I'm going to come up with a very kind of component focused architecture. Now, you have to be a little bit careful because you do need the right points of presence in the different environments. So I need to have a point of presence and a point of control. So extract information, be able to exert control. So I do need to have things to some degree on the network or to some degree in the cloud providers. Um, but you still need this kind of orchestrating overarching um, set of capabilities that allows you to, as a user of it, unify the experience. And part of this is, you know, part of this is having kind of empathy for your users, like understanding the use cases, understanding what you're trying to accomplish enough so that you can have the level of empathy that you need to have to understand. Nobody really wants the way we're doing it now. The way we're doing it now is a broken model. Everybody kind of realizes that. Maybe it's in their kind of lizard hindbrain, but, you know, it, it, at some level, everybody's like, wow, this is really terrible. I, you know, I've got 
my CSPM vendors here in the cloud telling me how to configure stuff, but I don't really have a very good way of understanding what's actually happening. I have my on-prem, you know, uh, real-time security infrastructure over here, and they're telling me a bunch of events that I'm putting into a SIM. So, I'm, you know, I'll try to tie it all together with a SIM, but this isn't like, this isn't good living. The SIM is trying to tell you about security events that are happening and let you write reports, but, you know, it, it's response timeframes and it's awareness timeframes are, you know, measured in hours uh, to days. And it's, you know, it, it's not something that anybody wanted. So getting the architecture right, which is something that we're really uh, working very hard on doing is is the the way to go. And we believe these overarching systems that treat something like an atomized network as one thing. And then there's other disciplines around the atomized network that have the same problem, whether it's like identity management or access control or whatever, these all need to be considered um, as unified composites instead of individual components as well. Mm, very well put. Thank you for that. Uh, I am. I do have a bonus question. I'm going to get back to that one in a second. But let us end with something fun. You know, I, I think that most of our viewers are are are, are more experienced. We do have a, a small burgeoning part part of our viewership, which are younger, getting started, and, and uh, you know, cycling up. But most of us are kind of in the same age. So, with that, my last question is: Tell us a little bit about your favorite piece of retro technology. That not only makes you smile, but was it something that helped you put you on the path that you're on today? I mean, especially if we're talking about putting me on the path that we're on today, that you still see good retro um, presentations around. I'd have to say video games, actually. <laughs> um, when I was growing up back in the 80s, like video games were, you know, were pretty new things. And, um, you know, when you see both retro games being implemented, whether you're doing kind of pixel graphics and, and uh, you know, eight and 16 bit uh, graphical displays and, you know, kind of the uh, synthesizer music and stuff like that, whether it's that or like an old video game that's been brought back or even older games from the 90s, PC games that have been ported up to the to modern architectures. Um, I, you know, they definitely put a smile on my face. And the thing about them is that when I was a younger man, I really, really, really wanted to get into writing video games. I thought that was going to be my thing. And, uh, you know, along the way, I uh, strayed into cybersecurity and it kind of, you know, once once you get in, getting getting out is, uh, is hard to do. <laughs> <laughs> I think there are Dons that would appreciate that comment. Uh, Martin, thank you so much for your time. We really appreciate it today. Uh, for those of uh, our viewers who may want to learn a little bit more about you, your company, where you are, where you're going, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Well, go uh, take a look at www.netography.com and uh, you can get a hold of us uh, off the, the website. Uh, and, you know, if you take a look around and you see stuff that interests you, please uh, don't hesitate hesitate to interact with us. We have, you know, you have a, an audience that's uh, been around the block. We have a team that's been around the block. There's not really any, any rookies uh, at the company. This is not our first rodeo. So uh, we like to think that we're pretty uh, easy to, uh, to interact with in terms of, you know, we're not going to hammer you with sales pitches and stuff like that. We'll find out what's going on and we'll see uh, if and how we can help. Yeehaw. Thank you again, Martin. Have a wonderful day. Thanks. You too. Thank you for watching the Cyber Pro Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out on new podcasts and bonus content.